Welcome to Feeding the Flock and our expositions through the book of Ephesians. We're currently in chapter 5 at verse 7. Hello, I'm Glendale Tony. I'm glad you joined me today for this Bible study. Let's begin reading at verse 7 of chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians, where Paul writes this. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So in the middle of uh, chapter 5, so to speak, we are continuing to talk about the loving walk. And of course, this is a part of the larger section called Our Life in the World. And we began that section in chapter 4, verse 1, with the worthy walk. And that went through uh, chapter 4, verse 16. And then we uh, talked about the different walk or a distinguished walk, one that is uh, different than the way we used to walk, uh, a behavior that has changed, a lifestyle that has changed. And that's uh, verses uh, 17 through 32 of chapter 4. Now, the first part of chapter 5 is talking about the loving walk, which includes uh, walking as children of love, uh, and not disobedience, and that is uh, verses 1 through 6, and that's that was our uh, last episode. And so this episode, we want to concentrate on verses 7 through 14, where it talks about walking as uh, children of light and not darkness, and that's uh, verses 7 through uh, 14. So we will... Uh, uh, get right at it here in verse 17, uh, in verse 7, that is, of chapter 5 of Ephesians, he says, therefore, do not be partakers with them. So the therefore is a concluding type statement, a transitional statement from what um, Paul has already written ahead of that. And we've sort of introduced that uh, even uh, just uh, briefly uh, just now. But uh, the the whole idea that that since they are trying to deceive you with empty words, these are not true words. These are not uh, words that have uh, real content. These are words that have perhaps uh, emotional impact, or perhaps they tug at our heartstrings, or perhaps they sound like uh, they're culturally acceptable, or maybe they sound just. Um, worldly sophisticated, and uh, we definitely don't want to be unsophisticated, and we don't want to be disrespected by those around us, and uh, so we we accept certain things to be said that just aren't true, and then we begin to live by those things that are lies, those things that have, that have deceived us, and so um, that's that's the way he concluded 
uh, in verse 6, he says, don't let anyone deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So basically, he's building this case by saying that our lifestyle, our thoughts, our pattern of behavior, our form of thinking, our worldview, the way we look at things, the way we decide our decisions, and the way that we put our priorities on what is most important in life uh, are all shaped by the truth. It is not shaped by the lies that seem to uh, be uh, sucking up the sons of disobedience. Because why? Because uh, the Bible says that they will believe the lie because they want to disobey the truth. They want to walk in disobedience, and that should not be a part of our lifestyle. So that's the reason for the therefore here in verse 7. Do not be partakers with them. So we shouldn't follow after them. We shouldn't uh, allow them to become our heroes or our guide points uh, or uh, uh, the posts of our life or our, our uh, goals of our life be shaped by them. Uh, and so instead, we should have a different focus or actually, uh, in this case, a different uh, um a different source, a different origin of who we are. He's talking about our identity. This is who we are, and who we are shapes the way we decide things, shapes the way we behave. And so that's what he's getting at here. Our behavior shouldn't be mimicking the very things that God has one day committed himself to judge. We shouldn't be doing those things and following after those things. So don't be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness. So Paul understands that uh, that all believers, um, even if they're born again, um, truly and uh, and rightly, by trusting Jesus as their Savior, uh, that doesn't mean they don't have a past. They do have a past, and it might be ugly. It may be ungodly. It may be unchurchy. It may be unreligious. But uh, the fact that uh, they are now come to the light, they've come to the truth. And uh, that means our behavior should be distinguished from those things that we once uh, did, those things we once thought were cool, those things we once thought were uh, admirable or even sophisticated or or uh, um, respectable by our culture or by our friends. and um, And yet we are to be formed by a new identity. And that identity is, it is not darkness. Instead, it is light. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And in that passage, he's not talking about some sort of prescription of how to get saved by becoming more holy. He's talking about the fact that if you are born again and you have the promises of uh, that have been bestowed upon you through Christ and his death, on the cross and his resurrection from the grave and his sending of his Holy Spirit to indwell you, then your behavior should change. Your actions should change. Your words should change. Your vocabulary should change. Second uh, Timothy 2.19 says, nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and Everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. So there is an accountability now 
uh, that uh, wasn't there before, that we have a, an accountability to our own identity, our new identity, and that identity is in Christ, the one who died for our sins, the one who paid for those sins, the one who uh, said the penalty phase is over, and the one who uh, has risen from the grave, ascended to the Father, sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us, and that should make a distinct difference in the way we conduct ourselves in life. And that's what the word walk here in this context means. Um, And so you're not in the darkness. You are guided by something else. You're guided by the light in the Lord. And in fact, it says, but now you are light in the Lord. It doesn't uh, it does it does something more than just say that you are following the light or you are being guided by the light. Uh, instead, it says you are light. You have become the receptacle of the Lord's light by the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, by the truth of the Bible, the truth of God's word also dwelling within you, by the Holy Spirit who authored those words. And both of those combined in the truth are now making you to be light. That is who you are. You are light in the Lord. So he says that should characterize our behavior, that should guide our conduct, our behavior, our work, our, our walk, our thoughts, our priorities, our, our goals, and, uh, and um, those things we value most uh, should be guided by the light, or that is, the truth. And uh, so that uh, regardless of our backstory, we may have a backstory that that may not be pretty or goodly or, uh, like I said earlier, uh, nice and churchy. Uh, uh, we may have all sorts of things in our past, but uh, that uh, does not disqualify you from not only being saved by trusting Jesus died for those things, but by being guided now by the light, by the truth, and by doing so, you reflect your new identity. You are no longer who you once were. You are now born again by the power of God and by the work of the truth. And that truth is now working in you to make you a new person, uh, even on the outside. It starts on the inside, but it will result on the outside. And so uh, uh, we can't blame our sin upon the evil that's in the world. uh, And um, because because we are responsible for our own sins, and uh, that is a part of our past. And we are not merely a victim of our environment or the victim of the oppression of the institutions of society. We are responsible before God for the choices and decisions we made. And those decisions, many of them, in fact, our whole lives before we met Christ, were guided by darkness, by the by the uh, by the principles of darkness, by the things that do not result in good things. They result in empty things, uh, just like the uh, we are not to be deceived with empty words. In verse uh, six, uh, we are to walk in new life and not participate. Uh, verse eleven says in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. We'll get to that in a moment. So that. Uh, uh, we are to stay away from the very things that identified us before we came to Christ. And that means the darkness that we we live by. We thought that was life. We thought that was uh, success. We thought that was 
uh, happiness and joy. We, sh- we thought that was our future, and yet it was all darkness. We are not a victim. We were responsible for those things. And because we're responsible, we cling to Christ. We cling to Christ because he paid the penalty. We cling to Christ because he has become our righteousness. We cling to Christ because he is now our truth. He is the light. Uh, in fact, that's what he said. I am the light of the world. Uh, and uh, that's that's who he is, and that's who we are when we identify with him. And he says, uh, He says, now you are light in the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So Jesus, in fact, said these things to to some of the most religious people on earth at the time. He said these kinds of things in John chapter 8, verse 41. He says, you are doing the deeds of your father and who... Who is their father? Verse 44 gives the answer. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And uh, so he's the father of lies. He is a murderer. That's who the devil is. That's who Satan is. And when Jesus is saying that, he's not talking about the the uh, the scum of the earth, so to speak, or the the unreligious uh, pagans uh, around him. He's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking about the most uh, religious Jewish group of people the, uh, in uh, first century Judaism, and he's saying, "You are of your father, the devil." And so Paul is saying, "You should not walk in those very things." And it might be religious, and it might be all sorts of things, but it's still empty and it's still darkness. We'll be back right after this music. Welcome back. We're still in the middle of this uh, paragraph, verses uh, 7 through 14 of chapter 5 of Ephesians. And um, they're about in verse uh, verse 8 and 9. The last part of verse 8 says, walk as children of light. And then verse 9 uh, is in parenthesis in my translation. The New American Standard Translation uh, puts it in parenthesis. It says, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So he's saying that uh, there is fruit that comes from the tree that is light, and then the light is the truth. There is revealed truth, uh, just like there is uh, other kinds of truth. There's historical truth. There is truth in the world. Uh, Certain things are true. Certain things are not true. And, uh, And in the spiritual uh, realm, there, uh, there is still truth, and that truth is what God has said to us. And uh, 
what God has given to us, how God has revealed the truth to us about the things that we can't see or feel or touch, the kinds of things that we can't put into a test tube. Uh, God has spoken to us with the truth about a reality that is beyond that a reality that is exists, and that reality is through Jesus Christ. And uh, we already quoted briefly from John chapter 8, verse 12, but I want to read the whole verse. It says, Then Jesus spoke uh, again uh, spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness but will have the light of life. So that Jesus, following Jesus means that we are walking in the truth because that's one of the things he described about himself. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And not only is he the way, the truth, and the life, he is the light of the world. And so that light functions to expose the darkness, but it also gives a distinguishing character to our life in the Lord Jesus. And it says, but the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Our life should re- reflect that light. And, uh, and that means we become children of light. We walk in the light. Uh, the light is our, uh, our parentage, our heritage, our, uh, uh, our legacy, you might say, that we inherit from the Father through his Son. And so First uh, John says, says it this way in uh, chapter 1, verses uh, 6 through 8 of 1 John, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. So I wanted to refer to that verse or those uh, three verses there, uh, 6 through 8 of 1 John uh, chapter 1 in order to clarify the fact that walking in the light doesn't mean we are walking a life of perfection, of some sort of absolute perfection, making no mistakes and, and committing no sins whatsoever and having uh, nothing whatsoever uh, that is compromising. That, that isn't necessarily walking in the light. The truth is walking in the light. And what is the truth? The truth is not denying the fact that uh, we sometimes sin, that we still have the influence of sin around us. And that uh, uh, because otherwise, if walking in the light means some sort of absolute perfectionism, then, uh, then, then uh, what's interesting is why do we need, still need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us, us, cleanse us from all sin, according to that passage? Because that's part of the truth, you see. When we walk in the truth that we will fall or we will stumble from time to time. That truth means that Jesus's blood still cleanses us from sin. Not only does it save us from the penalty of sin, it cleanses us from the corruption of sin. And as we walk in the light, the truth isn't denying the, uh, uh, the reality that, uh, that sin is a part of us and will continue to influence us uh, from uh, many days hence. But that's not our reality. Our reality is walking in the truth. And uh, that's just part of what the truth involves. So that means we come to Christ 
to confess our sins. And as we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a part of walking in the light. It is not a perfectionism. It is a constant acknowledgement of the truth. And the truth might include the times we've stumbled or the times we've erred or the times we have we have sinned, the times that we have disobeyed. But those times should not characterize our lifestyle. Instead, we should walk in the truth. And um, that's what's going on here. And what's interesting is uh, that um, uh, we said earlier in chapter 4, verse 15, it says, but speaking the truth in love, there is a balance there between walking as children of love, walking as children of light. Both of those things go together. In fact, love and truth are not enemies of each other, uh, according to some uh, uh, it might be, but uh, that's not the biblical definitions of things. In fact, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6 says, love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. And so when people are believing the lies and we expose the lies to be lies that they are living by. They have, they have gulped down empty words from others, and we expose those things. You see, that is not unloving. That is the height of loving. That means we care for uh, uh, people enough to say, this is dangerous. This is false. This is wrong. You uh, are going to be damaged by this lie by believing and acting upon things that aren't true. And uh, uh, they, that may be something as simple as, as you keeping a five-year-old out of the street. Uh, that isn't to, to frustrate their freedom to run and play. That is to keep them safe from danger. And so that's the most loving you can do, even if it means uh, taking their hand uh, as they scream and yell and fight against you and take them back to the yard where it's uh, safer than the street to play. So uh, it may be something as simple as that, but it may be something more complex uh, and something more uh, uh, involving immorality and morality. So uh, loving someone doesn't mean you ignore the truth uh, that they are believing a lie and you expose the lie. So uh, it says then, that uh, that uh, the fruit of the light um, <clears throat> consists of in all goodness and righteousness and truth. That's what the light does. That's what photosynthesis does. It uh, takes the light of the sun and changes it uh, in into something that will uh, that will cause fruit. <laughs> At the end of the limb is an apple or a pear or a peach or or an orange or something else. Uh, and that's what uh, the tree uh, does to the light. It takes the light and the light isn't the enemy. The light is something that uh, is transformative. And that's what it should be doing to us. And it bears fruit. And our fruit is goodness and righteousness and truth. Verse uh, uh, we uh, Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 through 14 says giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins you see this is not earning your salvation it is acclaiming your salvation and the source of its salvation and then live, living by the source 
of your salvation, which is a person, capital P. That person is Jesus Christ, and he is the truth. So we walk in his light because he is the light, and that transforms us. And uh, in fact, uh, in our even our modern technology, you might say, um, can take light uh, from the sun and transform it into the energy of electricity. That is the fruit of the light, and it produces that. And so that's what he's getting at here. If you walk in the light, it produces a fruit. That fruit is goodness and righteousness and truth. Verse 10 uh, continues on, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. This, again, isn't uh, us trying to uh, please God and thereby, if we live pleasingly to God, then therefore we will get saved. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is if we are saved, if we are born again, if we have been attached to the light and now the light is the source of our life, then you see our life itself should reflect the things that are pleasing to God. And uh, that would include the fruit of the Spirit, by the way. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit of lo- is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So there is something that will be produced in us by walking in the light, and that will reflect that photosynthesis, that that spiritual transformation that takes place in our behavior. And then it becomes our character that other people can see. And so it continues on. He says, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. So this shouldn't be the place we go to find our fun. This is the place where we expose the wrong. We expose the lies. We expose the empty words. We expose the unfruitful behavior because because that leads people down the wrong path. Uh, do not participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but even expose them. Verse 12, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. We don't make these things to be our heroes. We don't make these things to be our entertainment or our humor or our casual conversation. If if they are a part of what we say, it is a part of what we do to expose the falsehood, expose uh, the things with the truth so that uh, the truth can expose the lies. And it says, uh, it's it's disgraceful to even talk about these things. So therefore, we shouldn't be making them the center point of our focus or our fun or our uh, our behavior, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. The light shows out the truth. The light shows out the the falsehood and the darkness. And so um, he said earlier in chapter 4, verse 25, laying aside all falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. We should be speaking the truth to each other. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. Verse 13, for everything that becomes visible is light. Light is the thing that exposes the darkness. It doesn't go the other way. Uh, Darkness doesn't come into the light. Light goes into the darkness and exposes those things. Uh, For everything that becomes visible is light. And so that is a part of the process of not only ourselves growing in the light and walking in the light. It is a part of the process of 
of uh, being light to the world and changing or influencing those around us and those in our culture. Verse 14 says, For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And so this is not a direct quote, but this actually is a... uh, a reference to several different places in the Old Testament, uh, most of them being in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 says, The people who walk in the darkness will see a great light. Those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. Uh, again, there's another passage or another verse in Isaiah 26, verse, verse 19, or Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. You see, the Messiah is our light. Uh, The Jewish Messiah, uh, Yeshua, is our Messiah uh, ourselves. He is uh, our Savior Messiah, and He is our light. He is our source of truth. And if He is our source of truth, then we should walk in Him and walk in what He has told us and uh, exposed to us so that we can expose the lies around us and, uh, and bring others to the light. Father, thank you for these words that are encouraging to us, these words that are challenging to us, these words that clarify who we are and what makes us different and where our focus should be because of who we are. Thank you, dear Father. For the Lord Jesus, who is our Messiah and our Savior and our Lord, we pray that our lives can reflect his light in us. In his name we pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed our presentation today. This is Glendal Tony. Join us again for the next episode of Feeding the Flock.